everyone. Uh, welcome to the IVM podcast. Uh, I'm Greg Wolf. Uh, joining me is Jason Hensel, and our special guest today is Emily Herr. Emily, how are you? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, well, thank you very much for being our guest today. Um, we wanted to bring you on. You had a great article uh, about uh, managing up on our uh, on FM Magazine recently. Uh, and also, you know, there's a lot, you actually are also involved with several other committees, and uh, so you're actually you're actually very involved with with IVM. So I thought we could just start briefly uh, with the article here. Um, so, you know, I have on the screen here if anyone takes a look to, wants to take a look at it. So there's several you 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 narrowed it down to several things, and just this is a cursory understanding of 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 this concept. It seems to me really it's about you know, uh, getting to know, uh, know your boss uh, from as a, on a personal level, but more deeply than that, it's more of an empathy kind of uh, an angle that you need to understand uh, her or him's situation. You know, if they're if they're in stress, it's always good to know. You know, to be to get to know them so that you kind of understand. Okay, they seem to be at stress levels or higher today, or they might be stressed because of family or whatever. You know, is that is that kind of how you how you approached the the topic? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you've taken a read through it, you kind of know exactly what you said there. It's just being able to relate to your boss mm -hmm. and understanding, you know, what drives them, what makes them happy, what makes them unhappy, and really kind of focusing on that to make your job easier. Um, you know, the perfect example is, you know, if they say, get me, re get me this report when you can. Well, what does when you can mean? And right. figuring that out from your boss's perspective you know, will really help you in the long run. You know, does it mean by the end of the day, by the end of the week, or does it really mean, you know, when you have a couple free minutes? So I think that that is, you know, something huge and being able to kind of understand what they mean, um, you know, when they say things like that. Well, so how did you, I mean, did you, did you learn this in school? Is this something you learned over your career so far? I mean, how did you come to these realizations? Yeah, you know what, I... I'm certainly no expert, I'll tell you that, um, but I actually first was introduced to the term um, a couple years back, and every now and then it kind of really hits home, and I kind of take a step back and think, okay, what can I do to make my situation easier while helping my boss um, and things like that? So I actually stumbled upon an article, I believe it was in Forbes magazine, um, a couple months back now, that again, you know, kind of reiterated some of these same ideas. So. Um, and kind of on a personal level, too, um, my boss actually just uh, had twins last year, so they're about a year and a half old. So as you can imagine, he is, you know, his family is his priority, which is great. Um, and so I kind of took it into a personal level and, you know, kind of put that spin on it. Right. Um, you know, and, it, and it's, it's, it's difficult to, to teach this, too. It seems to me it really comes down to good habits. Oh, there's Jason. Uh, you can see him on the, on the you can see him on the screen. It, it comes down to good habits too of you know um, develop. You know, we I, I don't think this these concepts uh, I think are great. I just think it it takes time I think to develop these kind of because you know for some people whatever let's say uh, communications you know they have to develop. Have you found one of these is easier for you to just comes naturally to you or is there one that you've had to work harder at in your own you know in your own professional development as it were. Honestly, I think the toughest one for me was their expectations because, um, mm -hmm. you know, they may say one thing but mean another. 
Um, so I think that that was the hardest thing for me to understand. And as your, you know, your job develops and the years kind of go on, as your company grows and develops, those expectations may change. So that I think you have to constantly stay on top of. Um, whereas like communication and getting to know them, you know, those are kind of a constant. Um, the expectations to me, um, at least personally, are the ones that seem to change. And I think that's the one that takes, you know, the most work in my opinion. Right. Um, you know, I, I wonder if these types of concepts are being taught in, in business schools now, you know, I wonder if, uh, you know, have, are you, and you know, you mentioned too that, uh, you know, everyone at some level is a middle manager in some regard because they usually always have a boss and usually always right. over someone and even coordinators when they first come into the business, uh, you know, will be dealing with volunteers or game day staff. Uh, right. You know, have you have you had any success teaching this to the to the people you're you know that you're supervising? Um, you know that's a good question. I haven't honestly thought of it that way. Um, but I do think you know just with a couple people that I have overseen, um, I'm an entry level person at myself. So you know our game day staff, I think that the um, philosophy that we instill in them and we empower them to make decisions on game days, things like that they do ultimately make my job easier. So in that sense, um, you know, I've kind of built a philosophy with them that has worked. Um, and same with our interns as well. You know, we have four or five interns a year that we directly oversee in our department, and they're constantly, um, you know, making my job easier, you know, whether they, you know, want to or not. Sometimes right. they get the, you know, the jobs that aren't always the best, but everything needs to get done at the end of the day. So I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, have you have you got any comments about this? I mean, is it? I know you got a couple of. I know someone commented on on the post itself. I think uh, Eric Wallman uh, mm -hmm. mentioned uh, mentioned really liked it. Have you, I mean, have, is this wrong true with your with your colleagues that you've seen? Um. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Um. You know, I have for my boss directly. There's four of us that work directly under him. Um, so, you know, we're, the four of us are constantly communicating with each other, figuring out ways that we can all make his job easier and make sure that we're all managing up to his um, and meeting his expectations and things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. Jason, have you seen anything, on, in, you know, uh, out in the literature about this type of, about this type of topic? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, okay. That's my webcam's not showing up. That's yeah. why. Um, not, not lately. I, that's why I really enjoyed this article because I, I haven't really read a lot about it, so it's made me more interested. Well, Emily, it's it's interesting too because um, I think it I think it really rings true with the new concept of well, uh, of work life balance where it's you know it really isn't completely separate. You really have to understand uh, you have to empathize with your coworkers and and know that. You know, if if even if they snap at somebody, it, it's not necessarily because they're angry. It's well, I guess they are angry in that instance, but <laughs> it's it 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 definitely. There's more people are more complicated than this than you know these two boxes in your head of personal and private, you know, and, and it right. does merge on. You know, it, it does kind of it influences the other. You know, as you said, so you know your boss has just had twins. I mean, I'm sure that staying up late and you know and, and venue managers are notorious for not getting much sleep to begin with at least it's been my yeah. experience um so that you know trying to understand their 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 current situation is always a good thing um and it 
you know, have you do you do you feel like this could evolve too? I mean, do you do you do you feel like you might actually? You know, well, put it this way. It, you know, do you have to constantly reinvent these these concepts? You get you know get to know them, expectations, communications, make them look good. You know, is this an evolving thing, or is it pretty pretty straightforward? Once you kind of understand your boss, do you feel like it's pretty easy to manage up, or is this a constant a constant struggle? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, and I kind of touched on that earlier. Is that you know as their priorities and their schedules change, um, you do have to kind of adjust your managing up skills. Um, you know, before my boss's twins, you know, he was in the office, you know, all the time, very, um, you know, you know, just had a good presence. Um, whereas now that he has the twins, you know, he's he's getting pulled away a little bit more with, you know, either doctor's appointments or, you know, I know soon it'll be school functions or, you know, whatever the case is, um, which is fine. And, you know, but it's an adjustment for us and we just have to kind of adapt to it. So I would definitely say that um, it is evolving. Um, and things like that, but yeah. Well, it's, 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 I think it's a good segue to talk about uh, work-life balance. You know, as I mentioned, many managers work a lot of hours. You're under a lot of stress. You're producing something every, you know, every, the bread and butter venues is to produce something that's risky in a way. You know, I'm, admittedly, if you have a tenant like, in your case, the Buffalo Bills, you're always going to have a game. I mean, the, the Buffalo okay. Bills are not going to go out of business, but at the same time, uh, you are producing something every, you know, something could go wrong. There's always something high, kind of high, I don't say high stakes, but definitely, you know, it's it's something new every game. So, you know, it, when it comes especially to the fans, I would think you never know who's coming through your doors, obviously. Uh, so it's it's not easy, I would say, uh, for the for the uh, faint of heart uh, dealing with stress. You know, how have you, you know, how have you found good ways of dealing with the stress and work-life balance? I know, I know it's a stereotype that, that millennials, uh, put more emphasis on work-life balance, but I think there definitely is a push. And Jason, correct me if I'm if you think you see it otherwise, but it seems there's definitely a push now to really focus on work-life balance, or at least to acknowledge it in venues. So, uh, how how do you how do you deal with work-life balance? Do you have any good tips, or have you seen anything in your work that that could help people with that? Um, I think one of the biggest things for me is while I'm at work, you know, I'm working really hard and I try to, you know, at least clear out my inbox because my inbox is kind of like my to-do list. Um, so when I know that that is, um, you know, cleaned up for the day, that's when I feel good about when I'm leaving. And that doesn't always happen, um, but sometimes it's just a quick, you know, I'll get back to you tomorrow, you know, I'm not ignoring you kind of thing. But then when I leave the office, I try really hard not to check my emails. I try not okay. to, you know, be involved in work and things like that. I really try and, you know, shut down. So whether that's working out or just watching TV, um, you know, I'm not watching TV and then checking my emails during the commercials. You know, I really try and, you know, keep my home life at home and my work life at work. Um, you know, does that always work? No, absolutely not. But, um, you know, I try my best to do that. And I think that that really helps just because, you know, it keeps those two things separate, and then you can kind of enjoy your home life a little bit more. That's interesting you say that because I think a lot of people, with the advent of the cell phone and, you know, in the late 90s, the BlackBerry, uh, you know, that bleeping light when you got an email, you know, it, we're constantly, I know I am, uh, Jason, I don't know about you, but I'm constantly checking my phone. Uh, oh, and yeah. for no And for no good reason. Like, I have no, <laughs> I have, uh, it, it's become a neurotic you know, thing. And I think it's very important that you, you know, I think it's very, your point about not looking at your phone for emails, you know, 
uh, unplugging, I think, is is so important. Right. I think. Well, I just I just ahead. posted that story uh, I shared with the staff that in France that's now illegal to email uh, send emails when you're off work. But the the boss oh, cannot wow. send you an email when you're off work. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean. Crazy. And now, so do you, uh, when you say that to people, Emily, do you find people go, oh, that makes sense. Sure. I understand. You know, I think it's also too important, you know, as it, do you, have you seen, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but have you seen other bosses go, uh, have you seen other bosses say, no, I need you to respond at all hours? Do you think that's going away? Do you see that with your colleagues at all or other, other venues? Have you seen that? Or, or are they getting to kind of get in that new frame of mind where, okay, you know, whatever it is, 10 hours, whatever it is, right. after that, you're, on, you're unplugged. Is, that, is, that, is there a learning curve for bosses, you think, for that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I'm really lucky because my, the VP of my department is, you know, he's very open about that stuff and he knows, you know, if you're not in the office, you're probably doing, you know, some personal things. And he, his motto is, you know, if it's five o'clock, and you have no work to do, get out of here. You know, he's not the type of boss that's, oh, you know, you got to stick around, show FaceTime, things like that. Um, but I've seen other VPs in the same building that I'm in, um, you know, that call their colleagues on the weekends. You know, if we're all hanging out, you know, at dinner one night and somebody's, you know, somebody gets up from the table or somebody has to go run and get their laptop, you know, because their, con their bosses are constantly asking them to, you know, send another report or things like that. And I know some of the social media and the media things, you know, you can't avoid that necessarily. Um, but, you know, I guess in my department, in the guest experience event world, um, you know, I do have an opportunity to unplug if, you know, nothing's going on. So. Yeah. I, it, it's interesting, too, because I think, um, I think venues are coming to this a little bit later than some other ones. Um, you know, my, I, you know, I know people who are in the tech world, uh, engineering or whatever, and that's, I think it started, I, I want to say it started with Silicon Valley. I want to say that when business cultures really started to shift in the late, late nineties, that's when that really started to, to kind of change. And I know, I, and I'm sure there's study after study about why it happened, but it's also interesting that I think venues are finally catching up with that. I know Jason, have you, have you seen any, another, another businesses where, you know, this is already kind of, of course. So we may, I mean, as long as you, as long as you have someone covering for you, it's okay. Have you found that to be true? Um, can't leave anything off the top of my head at this moment. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm feeling a little flustered because my computer is not working properly. Oh no, no, uh, we're good. Uh, your your voice is good, so your audience can hear you. Okay. That's good enough. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, okay, so, so Emily, let's, let's talk a little about uh, the other things you're involved with. You're involved with the stadium stadiums committee. In fact, you uh, are the admin, uh, the admin for the um, LinkedIn page for the stadium uh, group. And um, yeah. so tell us about that. I mean, how, is, if, have you, is a, as a working professional, what, you know, has LinkedIn really helped you at all? I mean, is it, I know it's a good way of connecting to people you don't know, but as a community, have you found it a good way of connecting with colleagues? Yeah, honestly, I think um, I had a, a huge jump in connections after my first year of venue management school last year. Um, but it's a great way to stay in touch with some of the people that you don't necessarily, you didn't grab their cell phone number. You're not, you know, you don't, you're not going to text them on the weekends. But every now and then, just to kind of touch base with um, some of the professionals that you meet in the industry, I think it's a, a great tool for that. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and it's also helpful, I think, to connect to with, you know, if, if, a, if a member, a fellow member wants to send it to their team, you know, if they're a non-member, that's a way that they can get in touch with uh, some of the things that members are doing as well. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's part of the, I think that's part of the way of managing down, as it were, or managing up. You know, your boss, hey, blah, 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 this is happening on the, on the Stadium LinkedIn page. Uh, you know, check it out. I think it's been a great opportunity for that. And uh, I know the Stadiums Committee has done a, lot, a great job of creating content, including your articles, an example of that. Um, I, you know, I know that the committee has really worked hard to get out there, put a lot of information out there. I think there's, it, it, and in the long run, it really does help the whole industry, too, because that's one more article that a, t a team member can send to his, his or her, you know, team below him or her. Um, right. Um, so good, excellent. Well, so stadium committee, and then you know, they're actually at Venue Connect. We have four sessions geared for stadiums. So uh, anyone listening out there, definitely come to Venue Connect, especially you know, and, and in this case, definitely uh, check out the stadium sessions. In addition to that, Emily, you're actually on the guest experience uh, committee, and uh, you know, we've had now two years of guest X, very successful. Um, people really enjoyed. I think the networking there has been very good. Maybe talk a little bit about you know why you know why you like guest you know, what is it about a guest experience that you like? Why, why does that uh, energize you? Um, well, I think it all started when I was, you know, a little kid and I would go to um, a local basketball game or a local football game um, with my family and with my friends and just realizing the, um, the great experience that I had in doing that. Um, it was a lot of fun. I always enjoyed it, you know, and I, you know, in addition to the game, I also enjoyed all the other stuff leading up to the game. So I remember going to a University at Buffalo basketball game when I was little, and it must have been family day or something because they had all sorts of bounce houses and face painting and, you know, you name it, they had it. It was like a carnival-like atmosphere. And then in addition, you know, the basketball game, which was great. Um, so I remember going there, though, and really just having an awesome time and, you know, being a uh, guest at a venue and at an event like that. And kind of when I realized that I could make a career out of that, um, you know, that's kind of what drew me to the industry originally. And, um, you know, now I kind of try and create those experiences for young kids that I see at our venue and making sure that, you know, you give them a high five or you ask who their favorite player is and really just trying to go above and beyond um, and create those memories, you know, not only for kids, of course, but, but for everyone that visits the venue. Absolutely. Well, it's in, 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 you've, you definitely pointed out that you got to have that love for it, you know, uh, and yeah. it starts at a young age, I would say, uh, you know, every person I've ever talked to in the video management industry, they definitely have a passion for it. I mean, it's not something, um, again, it's not, again, I said earlier, it's, 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 it's definitely for people who really have a passion and want to stick with it, you know, because it's, at the same time, I've, I, you know, you don't meet too many individuals uh, who, when I hear, oh, they've left the industry, I don't hear that that often. I really don't. Right. You, you see right. a lot of the same people, and it really is a, a profession in that regard where it's something people do for their entire careers, and uh, it's, that's, quite, that's quite rare these days, especially when people say they have, like, three careers in their entire lifetime. It used to be, like, one career and then, like, maybe five jobs. Now it's three different careers, uh, yeah. which is fascinating to me that, um, that, that that's the case, especially yeah. with venue management. Yeah, well, I think you have to love it because we certainly work the hours, and I don't know about any other venue, but we're not making you know all the glorious money that some of the professions that work these crazy hours are. So, right. Well, and and I think I think venue managers also sometimes they get 
I think that's something to forget how important they are to the community uh, that they live yeah. in. And, and, you know, it's a vital part of how communities come together, uh, you know, and it, whether it's going to a football game or going to a performing arts center for a performance or going to a convention center to, for their work life, for their work life. I mean, it's, it, I can't think of another institution or another uh, industry that has so much effect on so many people, you know, uh, just as BMS is an example, you know, we have individuals and instructors and students, you know, who are working in those buildings for the NHL playoffs and the, and the, and the NBA playoffs, you know, it's, you know, and unfortunately sometimes they can't make it because their team does so well that they can't make the school. But I think it's, it's a very relevant, uh, you know, in the community type of profession. So it's, it's, it doesn't surprise me that people stick with it for, you know, 40 years sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and actually, um, my boss and I have this little tradition that every home opener, we go to the top of the 300 level section for the national anthem and for kickoff. And I tell you, the, the energy is unreal. Um, you know, Buffalo fans, they, you know, I'm a little biased here, but I feel like we have the best fans uh, in the NFL. And it's, you know, a great atmosphere. And every year our fans come back and say, this is our year. So um, being at, you know, just being in the stadium and feeling that energy, it's unreal. It's, you know, it's a really cool experience to be a part of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you speak of the fans, and maybe this will be our, our, last, our last question for you. You speak of the fans and how great they are. I think a wonderful example of that is last year when you got hit with that snowstorm. Uh, in fact, yeah. I think, uh, well, in fact, we did talk about this. Uh, your boss actually came to uh, ABSS, its severe weather program this year, and talked about how you had volunteers, you had fans come out and help clear the stadium of the snow. Talk a little bit about that. What was that experience like? Were you surprised by the reaction of the fans to come all the way out and actually snowball show? Because I, you know, I'm sort of living in Buffalo. You shovel your your fair of snow. And it's not exactly, yeah. it's not fun to do. It's one of those high school jobs you give to the local high school kid because you don't yeah. want to do it. Maybe talk a little right. bit about that. How 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 did all that come together? And and what, what at the end of the day, how did how did you feel about it? Yeah, no, honestly, it was awesome. So I live about 10 minutes away from the stadium, so I was right in the heart of all those, all that snow. Um, so, you know, we were in our homes um, for a couple of days, you know, just trying to stay on top of all the snow coming down. Um, but what really, um, and of course, like, we had the news on 24-7. I think the really cool part, too, was that, you know, seeing the whole community come together, you know, not just for the Buffalo Bills and not just at the stadium helping us shovel the snow, but throughout the entire community, you know, they were, there was people spray painting, you know, need medical assistance and making sure that those medical teams got to those homes, things like that. So, you know, really helping out a neighbor um, was a really cool experience and a really cool uh, thing to be a part of. And then, of course, you know, once we got some of the major roads cleared and things like that, um, you know, after we had to relocate the game, um, we did bring in some volunteers to help us shovel out the snow, um, which actually happens more often than you would think. Um, it's just that this storm made national news, so uh, we, you know, that as well made national news. Um, but yeah, I mean, the community is great. They are willing to, they want that team on the field. You know, they want to watch them on Sundays. So the whole community will come down and help us shovel out everything if we have to. So it was great. It was great to see. Well, it certainly makes your job a little bit easier, too, once you have people of goodwill willing to come out yeah. and help for free. I mean, and again, doing yeah. backbreaking work, it's not fun shoving, shoving snow. Uh, yeah. And I'm saying this growing up in Arkansas, we had a little bit of snow, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Jason, did you ever have much snow in Granbury? No, 
I, I welcome the snow whenever it comes. I would love to shovel snow sometime. You would love to actually have the, the benefit of shoveling snow someday. Well, uh, good. Yes. Well, uh, Emily, thank you <laughs> so very much. Go ahead. Help me out. Yeah, exactly. We could have a we could have a work a work life balance trip up to uh, Buffalo, <laughs> an exchange program uh, to shovel snow. Uh, well, yeah. excellent, Emily. Uh, I guess. Well, Jason, any any other questions for Emily? I do not. Sorry, I was late. I apologize. No, it's okay. okay. Perfect. Well, Emily, thank you so very much um, for coming on. Uh, I it was a uh, you know really appreciate all you do for the association. I know your fellow members appreciate all the stuff you do. You'll be at Benny, uh, at Benny Management School your year two uh, next yeah. week, uh, yeah, and then of course uh, you know uh, your efforts uh, definitely are, be, are being felt in the in the stadium industry and also in the guest experience. Uh, part of our industry. So uh, thank you again for writing the article and, uh, and have a great Memorial weekend. Awesome. Thank you so much. You too. My pleasure. Thank well, uh, I, go ahead, Jason. I just say thank you. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm Greg Wolf, uh, professional development manager here at IVM. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Jason? I'm Jason Hensel, senior editor. Oh, by the way, Jason, we didn't start the show with your with one of your dad jokes. Any Anything in the, oh, um, in, the in the chamber? I don't have anything. I don't have anything loaded up. I sent oh, you a man. link though that were a bunch of dad jokes. You can yes, I did, and I prom in. I promptly cringed after reading all of them, and I might have stored it somewhere, some deep file in my <laughs> computer after that. But uh, we'll have to do double the time um, next I'm gonna, time. I'm gonna, yeah, next time it's just gonna be thirty minutes of dad jokes. Oh God, <laughs> please. All right. Well, everyone have a great Memorial weekend, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>